Good morning, good day, good evening. I am as always your host, Brody Robertson, and today we are back for episode 93 of Tech for Tea. Honestly, I can't believe how quickly this year has gone by. It is already, I guess when you guys are seeing this, it'll be like mid-December-ish, I think like 13th or 14th of December, whenever this comes out. That's crazy. Honestly, it doesn't even feel like this year has, like, been a thing. So, this is my first year out of uni, so I was in uni for four years, studying all the time, doing all that fun stuff, then I was doing, like, YouTube alongside uni stuff as well, and this has been the first year where it's just been, you know, me working my day job still, obviously, but, you know, not having... <clears throat> not having like uni to worry about like if i if i'm done with working i can just go do something else i don't have you know assignments always looming over me sure there's always like you know i could go work on more videos but like as long as i get what i need done for each week done that's fine when you're at uni it's like okay until the end of semester there's always like something whether it's you know an assignment that is you know, directly due, or it's you're uh, studying for an upcoming test, or stu uh, studying for like an end of semester test, or something like that. There's always something you have to do. So this year has been a really weird one for me, and it's sort of been a year where I've been, I guess, getting better at relaxing. That's something I got really, really bad at while I was at uni, which most people either get super good at relaxing because they're just going to go party all the time or they just forget what it is and then are studying all the time. I've noticed that my sister is sort of like falling into into the, the second trap, the one that I fell into as well, where you just study all the time. Um, she still does go out a bit, but that, she is only in her first year. I wouldn't be surprised if after this year it gets, uh, it gets much worse and she just like is always like going study 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 all the time maybe she won't maybe she's just like you know what whatever as long as i get a, a pass that's fine but hey it, it i i'm going to be i guess uh i'm going to be keeping a watchful eye and also laughing <laughs> laughing because she's also doing a uh a four-year degree and i'm i'm very happy that uh i'm very happy that i'm not doing that anymore <clears throat> anyway um I've got a actually quite a few topics on here, most of which I probably won't get around to, but some of them on here are fairly short. One thing I want to talk about at the start, though, is, you know how I've said my housemate is kind of a moron? Um, it's actually worse than I thought it was. So we've now leveled up. We've sort of gone super Saiyan stupid. Um, I mentioned to you guys that, I guess not mentioned as well, I, I've told you guys that, that I've had a cat staying here that's uh, one of the my housemate's friend's cats or something. He usually lives in my room. Right now, he's not in my room. He's in a different room uh, because we're also looking after a dog. That dog is out in the lounge room right now. It's like a, I think it's a husky. It's a very big dog. Um, and then my housemate's dog is outside. So there are animals in like every part of the house. And I don't think this this plan was thought through very far. Because she didn't even realize. Like, oh yeah, what do we do with the cat? Like, <laughs> you would have you would think that like if you're bringing another animal into the house, you would sort of, you know, maybe for like a second or at least a second or two, think about the existing ones that are already around. Maybe bringing another one in could cause some bit of a problem, 
Nope, definitely not. Also, apparently the dogs like each other, but this dog is not allowed to, like, spend time, like, by by himself with uh with the other dog. So you know what? I, I, I don't think, I don't think you trust they actually like each other. I think you might be just like, I think that might just be some copium that you're, you're taking there. Anyway, I don't want to talk about my um my housemate the entire time. I can certainly rant about how dumb this place is and how I very much want to move to the new place, but at some point it's going to happen, at least at this stage. I think it's like <clears throat> I think it's like February or March that I'm moving, but I don't have an exact date. I probably will make some like this is a moving vlog sort of thing, because, you know, every YouTuber has to make a moving vlog and try to milk it for views, even though with my typical audience, it probably won't, probably won't be a big, like, smash hit video, but I guess I could, I could frame it as, like, a, a studio tour sort of thing, and last time I did one of those, that one did do fairly well, so maybe that would work, maybe I could do it like, hey, this is like a preview studio tour, and then do an actual one once I get everything set up the, you know, the way I want it to actually be set up, but, that's a couple months away I can deal with it then. I still don't have, like, a Christmas video planned. I don't know if I'm going to do one this year. Like, I did one... I sort of did one last year. The, the one I did last year was basically... What was it? I didn't actually, like, shout out some smaller channels. Back then, I was a much smaller channel as well, but there was a couple of people I felt... A couple of people I felt deserved more attention for what they were doing that just were smaller than me. I think I had, like, 10k at the time, so these were channels in the range, like... 1 to 5k. I don't know if I want to do that again. Maybe maybe I can do that, but maybe I can come up with something else that would fit the Christmas theme. Hmm. Or like, maybe not Christmas theme, maybe just end of year theme. Maybe, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I I'm, didn't actually think about like my stream anniversary uh, plan until literally the day before. <laughs> Like, I didn't realize it was a three anniversary until someone told me, and then I didn't have the plan, like, planned out until basically just before, and it wasn't much of a three anniversary anyway, that was just the, um, the Linux, the Linux live stream we did where we were, like, testing out different versions of Ubuntu, and I'm just like, you know what, this is the stream anniversary stream. Actually, that leads us into something kind of funny. Um, I posted over on my YouTube community, uh, wait, oh no, I've, can't... Oh, wait, no, I can show it. you like, show it like this. Yes, I can do that. Um, I just realized I was logged into the wrong YouTube account. Um, and I can't actually swap back because I've got some videos currently sitting on the studio getting ready to, like, be queued up and all that fun stuff. So swapping accounts right now can't be done. But I can do this. Here we go. <clears throat> so I posted this over on... Uh... <laughs> over on on YouTube community. Today, I officially became the biggest Linux Twitch streamer in the world. And there were a lot of people who just didn't get the joke. <laughs> who didn't get the joke at all. Like, congratulate. Oh, no, you can't see it. No, I'll fix it. Okay, damn. Lucky I noticed that. Here we go. Who just didn't get the joke whatsoever. And we're like, oh my god, you're not actually that big of a streamer. There's this other streamer that's bigger than you. The joke is that at this moment... Oh god, that is such a low-res picture. At this moment... <laughs> nobody was streaming. So I, by default, am the biggest Linux Twitch streamer in the world. And you know what? I'm going to take that as a win. I actually didn't know that League of Legends worked on Twitch, but that was in the category as well. <clears throat> 
I think that does does Mudahar ever stream about Linux? I don't know. Obviously, Muda would have a much, much bigger audience, but <laughs> but at least at this time, I would take my win. Um, and there are so many comments on here. So, so many comments. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's not even close to the biggest Linux streamer. Brody's joke... Uh, Brody's post was a joke. Also, my comment was joke. Joke was, <laughs> joke was supposed to be funny. This guy sounds like a lot of fun. Um, most of it's just congratulating me. There was one guy... Uh, where is it? Uh, like being the tallest midget, cool I guess, but a weird flex. You're the one person who got the joke. I'd like to thank alcohol and everything it's done for me. <laughs> it still counts if there are only eight. Yep, it does still count. It counts by default, and the, and winning by default is the best kind of winning, because winning by default means you have to put in the least amount of overall effort. Everybody else just didn't show up or just dropped out, and you're basically good to go, so I'll take my win. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, though, there's been, um... Have I mentioned the... The whole return YouTube dislikes thing. I feel like I mentioned it, but something new happened in that uh, that whole thing today. So I made the video on return YouTube dislikes, and today I got a uh, <laughs> I got a reply from the developer of return YouTube dislikes, and they were not happy about my take. Basically, I have it pinned. Why is it not pinned? What? I literally pinned the comment. Okay, I can't show you it. <laughs> YouTube, what are you doing? It literally says it's pinned on YouTube Studio, but it's not here. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why is this site such a mess? <laughs> anyway, the, the whole thing is that um, he just disagrees with the the takes I'm making, disagrees that the extension is not going to work, disagrees that, ah, uh, you know, even though we have <clears throat> only a million users and only get 40 million um, views from these users every single day, that that's very much not enough to um, extrapolate to all of the videos on the platform because most of the videos on the platform are never, ever going to have enough uh, interactions where you can actually use anything but a channel average. I keep seeing people trying to tell me, oh, this is why you're wrong. And they all keep giving me the same reason why I'm wrong. And <clears throat> it's the same reason I've explained like 20 times. Doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> you cannot extrapolate out averages to give yourself the, the like to dislike ratio on a video because a like to dislike ratio only matters when it is not the average. And when it is not the average, it's very unlikely that you actually have any user data on that video because, what, 1.5 billion videos are uploaded every day and this, uh, <clears throat> sorry, one, not every day, 1.5 billion, <clears throat> 1.5 billion videos on the platform have over 100 views and this, uh, this extension gets 40 million views per day. Like, the numbers there just don't line up. Like, there's going to be so many videos on the platform that will never, ever have any interaction from users of this extension. The other problem is the fact that it's an extension. By definition of it being an extension, it's going to be skewed towards some of the more technical users 
and you know you're not going to have every class of video covered you know you're going to have things like gaming content um tech content what what linux content things like that are going to be covered absolutely but it's far less likely for things like toy channels makeup channels maybe maybe in the cases of like really big channels absolutely like I'm not debating whether really big channels this extension is actually going to work for. It absolutely will. But the smaller channels, not like absolutely tiny, but channels around my size, channels with like 20, 20 to 50k subs, for example, there is millions of these channels and most of their videos are never going to have any interaction from users of this extension. So the data you get is just not going to work for those channels. It's just, it's, look, I, I want to be wrong. I absolutely want to be wrong about this, and this extension is just going to be the greatest thing ever created. It's going to return YouTube dislikes to the platform. YouTube's going to realize how great the extension is, and then, you know, roll back their change themselves, and everything goes back to the way it always was. I would love it to be like that, but I really have my doubts over whether it can even produce slightly useful information. And also, I'm really getting sick of people telling me, hey, look, here's the number of dislikes on this video. Like, yes, because the extension still works while the YouTube API is active. Like, I, while I say it's, like, more technical users who are using it, <clears throat> more technical users who are using it, I don't mean, like, developer users. I mean, you know, someone who plays games, things like that. These are the sort of people who are using it and people just, you know, people who know how to install stuff in their computer, not like, you know, the random, barely technically literate person in your family who doesn't know how to open up the emails, people who know how to do general computing things. That's what I mean. Um, where was I going with this? Shit, where was I going with this? Um, I don't remember where I was going. I don't know what's going with that. Uh, something, something, extension bad. I remember. Oh. Right, number of dislikes, API, that's it. API. So the reason why it's producing information or data that is actually correct right now is because it's still pulling it from YouTube because YouTube hasn't disabled the YouTube API for dislikes. So... Of course it's working, like, it should be working, like, that's what it does, it pulls the API. No one's debating whether it can pull the YouTube API correctly, it clearly can do that. I am interested in what's going to happen on, or after December 13th. The problem that's going to happen, though, is it's never going to have a bad, like, to, uh, never going to have bad, like, reviews on the extension itself, because it will always produce a number. It'll always output, this is the like and dislike ratio, even if that like to dislike ratio doesn't make any sense. Most people are just going to see the number and be like, okay, there is a number here. Clearly, it must be working. Whether that number is accurate, though, is something they will have absolutely no idea, like, no idea about and no way to actually verify. I am... <laughs> I actually kind of want to do like a follow-up YouTube short if after, like, I might give it like a week after the extension, uh, it, after the extension breaks, or maybe like two weeks or something, maybe make it like a New Year's video or something, and just see, uh, see what sort of numbers it, it provides for my channel, for example. Because I, 
I I have my I have my doubts that they're going to be anything like they're supposed to be. Especially because my channel right now is in a extreme state of flux. Um, I get some videos where they get like two thousand likes, and then other videos where they get like five hundred. Um, just random video. It's not like some videos are doing bad. It's just random videos are seriously popping off right now. Things where they're getting like you know. 20 30k views within the first day which is kind of crazy for my channel so i, I kind of want to see like what numbers it outputs for my channel because i have a feeling that if i have a video that absolutely pops off uh either it's going to produce a number that makes no sense or a number that makes no sense but relates to my channel average one of those definitely is a uh definitely is a a high High possibility, I will, I'll have to say. <laughs> uh, I, like, the important thing, though, is I want this extension to work. I just don't think it's going to. And telling people that something they like probably isn't going to do the thing they like is going to lead to a lot of people just downvoting it because they don't want to hear any, uh, anything else. I do know that some of those down, uh, downvotes on that video, though, are from people who are just memeing. Like, I just want to downvote. A video about downvote, I'm going to downvote. Like, that's that's just what people do. Um, oh, the other thing I want to mention is, uh, when I was talking to this guy, he said that my video had 500 views from their extension users. Currently, there is about a million users. So, 500 views of my 12,000 or something like that. Now, 500 views might sound like a lot if you're going from the, the view percentage, but 500 views does not mean 500 interactions. So, a video that has 500 views is far more likely to have a like to dislike, or um, let's say a maximum number of interactions in the range of maybe 20 to 30 on the absolute high end. Far more likely to be around, like, maybe 15, maybe, if you're lucky. Um, and that's the other problem. Like, you can say, here are the number of views we get, but views aren't the thing your extension is actually working around. It's working around the like-to-dislike ratio, and that's not something that I think is easily replicated. Some did also say that, hey, this extension's going to be great because Sponsor Block works in the same way. It does everything through crowd... Uh, what's it? Crowd... Crowdsourcing, yeah. Does everything through crowdsourcing. Um, why did I forget that <laughs> Why did I forget that word? But um, the problem with Sponsor Block is that Sponsor Block is a much simpler sort of concept. Sponsor Block is basically a glorified timestamp manager. So... To know when an ad is in a video, you just need to have the timestamp when it starts and the timestamp when it ends, and that's all. You only need that once. So it doesn't matter if, you know, one person does that or 10,000 people do it. Once you have one person supply that data, then you've got the data. But one dislike doesn't tell you anything about the video. These are, like, very different kinds of extensions, and I have no idea why this person even brought up sponsor block. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a dev who mentioned this. This was another viewer who mentioned this. But it just doesn't make any sense. And it sort of... <laughs> I, I, it sort of makes sense. Because, as I said, like, the people who are using this aren't the most 
technical people. They are more technical than, like, someone who just doesn't know anything about computers, but you can clearly see by reading the comments that a lot of people that are criticizing what I said don't have don't have any sort of background in statistics and don't understand the problems that arise when you're working in data sets like this. Not to say I am the most, you know, renowned. I am the biggest expert in this field, but I at least have, like, a basic introductory uh, set of knowledge to statistics where I can sort of judge a project like this and judge that... I don't see how it's actually viable. But anyway, that's enough talking about the uh, the copium in my YouTube comments. Um, I did have someone... Actually, speaking of that sponsor block person, they said apparently sponsor block was promoting me, which I don't believe. Like, And then during the time when they were writing their comments, sponsor block pulled the promotion of me. I have never spoken to sponsor block. They have never spoken to me. I actually don't really want anything to do with their project, but that's a whole nother thing. Like, I, if they were promoting me, that's a thing they were doing themselves, but I really doubt they were. I feel like, I feel like that's a thing this person made up to try to, like, make me feel bad, make me apologize for the, the video I made. Uh, and I'm, look, I'm, I'm not gonna just, I'm, just because the video gets disliked doesn't mean that what I said in the video is actually wrong. I do think there was some production issues with that video. I definitely could have phrased the way I said stuff better, but I overall think it was a good video. But that, I, I said I was going to stop that. So, moving on. Um, what can we talk about? Right. Something that I don't know why, who is asking, and why it is going to exist, um, or why it might exist. Steam could launch for the Chromebook soon, mentions game compatibility reports. We're seeing more reports of Steam for Chromebooks coming, and Luke Short, writing for Android Police, thinks it will be soon. Uh, this would be a long time coming after we've seen hints of it appearing for over a year now. It won't be particularly helpful for a lot of lower-end devices, but Chromebooks have been steadily getting bigger storage drives with newer processors too, and uh, that are much more capable. The new system that makes all this work is named uh, Borealis. Why am I having trouble reading today? And it appears that as of November 29, it gained new flags regarding a beta mode and a way to disable Chrome OS specific integrations for the Borealis client. Since Chrome OS is Gen 2 Linux based operating system, it's another way that Valve might push uh, Linux gaming numbers and all of that fun stuff. I don't really know who's asking for this. I wouldn't be surprised, we don't have any, like, official reports directly from Valve, I wouldn't be surprised if this exists, but, like, who's asking for Steam on a Chromebook? The problem with Chromebooks is a lot of Chromebooks aren't x86-based. The x86 Chromebooks, no problem. Sure, it, it's based, it, it's not, like, the same as Gen 2 Linux at this point, but being based on a... Being based on Gen 2, I don't see any reason why Proton wouldn't work if you can get all the dependencies actually set up. Um, and I'm sure Valve, if they were going to do that, would just have a... would have, like, the, the Steam runtime do all of that fun stuff for it. But a lot of Chromebooks out there aren't x86-based. They are based on ARM. And I don't... No, Steam doesn't exist on any ARM... Uh, 
any ARM platforms. So I don't know what you would be playing really. Like most people who buy a Chromebook, the reason why you buy a Chromebook is because your school told you to buy a Chromebook or your parents bought your Chromebook because they wanted to buy you the cheapest laptop possible that you know, can, you can use a word processor on. It's not because, you know, you bought this out of, uh, out of a desire to run a Chromebook. Yes, there are more powerful Chromebooks, but the vast majority of the ones out there are the, like, the very low range, this is a device, you know, made for school sort of thing. And a lot of those are ARM-based. But I am... I'm not going to say that... Steam on a Chromebook is a bad thing. You know, Steam on more Linuxy platforms is a good thing, and the the people who are using x86-based systems, uh, you know, I'm sure they, they want to play some games every so often, but they probably have another system to do so. I actually don't know how, like, high-end you can go with a Chromebook, to be completely honest. Uh, I, I... Yeah, I haven't actually looked too much in, like, the high-end market. Uh, actually, what, how high-end is the high-end market? Uh, high-end. Let's see. Uh, best Chromebooks of 2021. Acer Chromebooks spin 713. Give me a price, please. That's $700. Okay, so even the ones that are on here are sitting at most in, like, the $750 range. Yeah, which puts it around like a thousand, eleven hundred ish Australian, which isn't cheap by any means, but in the realm of like laptops, you know, is especially in in the realm of laptops, definitely is cheap. Especially some of the like ridiculous gaming laptops out there where they have like dual GPUs and mechanical keyboards built into them, all of that other crazy fun stuff. That would probably be enough. Like, if this is an x86 based system. Uh, let me see. I actually don't know. Give me the dates. Uh, sure. I'm going to be in the U United States right now. Go to Best Buy's website. I've never actually been to Best Buy's website because that doesn't exist here. Uh, it is an i5. Okay, yeah, that would be perfectly fine to play things like... Like, play things like Stardew Valley, absolutely. Um... Something like this, yeah, you, you know what, mate? You know, maybe, maybe Steam makes sense in something like this. Obviously, you're not going to be playing most games, but very light gaming, like Stardew Valley, uh, Rocket League. Actually, wait. No, not Rocket League. Um, isn't Rocket League... Rocket League has uh, anti-cheat issues, I believe. Rocket League Linux. Uh, at least it did. It used to have a Mac and Linux version. Um, maybe you can still run it. Can you still run it? Okay, you can still run it. Wait, no. No, you can. Okay, cool. Yeah, so things like that would be fine. I'm not interested in buying a Chromebook, but hey, if I ever wanted a Chromebook and I guess wanted to play a game on it for some reason, um, I could do that if... Steam does that. But considering that Valve has not, you know, actually announced any things themselves, I would hold everything that is being said in that article with a, uh, 
with a very big, very, very big pile of salt. Yeah. <laughs> well, while there might be rumours, at the end of the day, right now, they are still just rumours, and you can't put too much, uh, too much weight into them. So it's time for the obligatory. Brody talks about Final Fantasy XIV because he has a serious crippling addiction. So the other day, Endwalker finally came out. I pre-ordered Endwalker. I don't have any plans to play Endwalker for a very, very long time. I just wanted the uh, the experience boost item you get up to, I think it's level 80. So you get this like earring you can wear and every single one of your combat jobs, so Disciples of War and Disciples of Magic, they get a XP boost. Where, I think it's like a 50% XP boost or something when you kill an enemy. And because the primary way you're going to level is by killing enemies in dungeons, at least for the early levels, and then once you hit 50 doing MSQ stuff, having that XP boost is really, really big. And not just for leveling up, like, alt jobs, even just for my main job, because my main job is uh, Paladin still, I think, level 59 or so. Um, anyway, I downloaded Endwalker the night it came out. So it came out 7.30pm... I don't know what day it was, but 7.30pm on one of the weekdays, just before I was leaving to go to work. So I downloaded it before I went to work, expecting to come home and, like, boot into it, see the new title screen. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, that did not happen. So I did download it. No problem there. I didn't have, like, my, my client crash or anything like that. Um. <laughs> but playing in the game has been a bit... A bit rough, depending on when you play it. Not just in JP. Uh, in literally every single region. So when I... I should have taken a screenshot of it. I looked at... Uh, what is it? It's not ARR status. It's the other one. Um, the one on... Yeah, the one on the FF14. Okay, it's still like it. So here is North America. So anything that has the red here, creation of new characters unavailable. So right now, if you want to play in America, you can't. You cannot. You are not allowed to make a new character. Uh, some points of the day, this does turn green and you can make a character. Um, but this is fairly common right now. Europe, you can make a character. So you can always make a character and then transfer it over. And JP, it's fine as well. JP usually gets busy around 6 p.m. or so, and all of this turns red as well. Weirdly, when I got back home, though, the only one where you could make a character was Tombury. Right now, you can't make a, char a character on Tombury. But when there was a 3,500 Q on Kujata, you could make... <laughs> You can make a character on Tombury. Tombury and Kujata always basically packed because uh, these are basically the, uh, I guess you call them the de facto oceanic servers. So not just Australia and New Zealand, but like, uh, and everywhere in Asia that isn't Japan, basically. Because I think China, just, I don't think China can play the game. I don't know. Maybe China has their own servers, but whatever. Uh, and they're not listed here. But basically anyone anyone in the Oceanic region plays on Kujata and Tombury. These are effectively the English servers that exist on the Japanese data center. So 
I couldn't make character in Kujata. Luckily, I had one already, so that was fine. But three and a half thousand Q. Now, I I waited in the queue just for a little bit, just to see what would happen. I waited there for about five minutes, and I went from three and a half thousand to three thousand four hundred and fifty. <laughs> So it wasn't like I was getting into that uh, into that server anytime soon, and I just wanted to pop in to do some of my like daily stuff, gold saucer um, things like that. Uh, so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to bed because I was going to go to bed in like 30 minutes anyway, and the queue was not letting up in 30 minutes. Uh, but even if I did wait in the queue, it's not like I would have gotten into the server anyway. Um, I'll see if we can find it. So. It's not that there was just really long queue times. Uh, it was also server connection issues as well. Alright, uh, oh, right, I'm not logged in there, am I? Shit. Um, wait, what is this? Someone tagged me and then... Gold, wait, you've made it, Rory Robertson, to gold circle level, whatever that means. They try to tag me in a vid I, on, like, vidIQ, and I have a gold circle next to my name. I don't know what gold circle means. I guess gold circle is a good thing. I don't know. Anyway, I got I got distracted by that. Um, So, there are a lot of people trying to connect to the server. They'll get to the front of the queue, or maybe they get, like, you know, they'd be an hour into waiting, and there'd be, like, maybe a thousand people left. And then it'll just time out. They would just get kicked from the queue and have to restart. And this seemed to be a fairly, uh, fairly common problem. Let's see if I can find a picture. Third time being kicked from queue. Do you have a picture? <laughs> a guy went on the FF14 subreddit called Shitty Asshole Crust. And posted about being kicked from Q, and the mods deleted their post. <laughs> Please don't kick me out of Q, okay? Uh, that's five months ago. Uh, give me a picture of the. I mean, okay, they have a mega thread. That's why. Ah, uh, they have a mega thread. That's why they got it deleted. Uh, can I find the picture? Ah, here it is. Uh. Yeah, yeah, here it is. So basically, you would get fairly, fairly far along, and then you would see something like, Lobby server has encountered a problem. She's like, what's the problem? I don't know. The problem. Just deal with it. <laughs> so when I went to go and play on the servers, I logged in at my normal time, which, like, when I, when it's like a weekend, my normal time will be at like, you know, actually, it'd be a Friday then if I played on the in the morning. So yeah, it would have been Saturday when I played. Um, I played it around like 10, 10 a.m. and I had a queue of thirty-seven, which is massive for uh for ten a.m. Because at ten a.m. usually people aren't playing. Because usually, I guess people go outside on the weekend rather than playing FF14 during the day. It's not until, like, nighttime and fairly late at night that JP ends up getting uh, fairly popular. Even though, like, my time zone isn't that different from JP, I would have assumed that, like, the servers would get hit really hard way, way earlier, but I guess not. Um, <laughs> so those queues have been fun. 
Uh, but 3,500 hasn't even been the worst of it. Some people have said things like 5,000, 7,000. I don't think there's been anything as bad as, like, the... The, um... The New World launch day queues. Uh, but there have been some just ridiculous. So we have 5,700 here... Uh, it's been four hours. I got booted at least eight times. <laughs> 5,000 Q. Um, 7,000 Q. 5,100. Just, just play later. Just play at a different time. <laughs> just play at a different time or don't play. I don't know why you would wait in a queue for four hours just to play a game. Like, there are other games. Other games do exist. I know Endwalker is here, and I know Endwalker is probably great, and you want to do your raids, you want to do your MSQ, all of that fun stuff. You want to get your glams, you want to go and RP in Limsa, show off your new Reaper, but, like, go do something else. <laughs> but, um, luckily, due to the, uh, due to the congestion, um, and people just straight up not being able to play... Square Enix actually is giving a, a really nice reward. Um, or not reward, a, a nice compensation. Seven days of free game time to all people who own the game and have an active subscription. So basically, everyone who's complaining. Because if you're, like, if you don't, if you're still playing free trial, like, you're probably not, You, you maybe you're like me, and you hadn't been fully committed to the game, or maybe you just, you know, don't, don't absolutely don't want to spend money. Um, but for everyone else, this is nice compensation. It's certainly better than the compensation you get in something like Fate Granddaughter, where they're like, hey, guys, you want to have one free pull? You want to have one free pull of the gacha? <laughs> like, seven days isn't much, but if you are, a, like, a super active player, it is certainly nice. I don't really care either way. I play like three times a week, so I can always... And I always play on the weekend anyway, and I can usually shift stuff around. So for me, it's basically just free game time, and I'm, I'm happy with that. But um, before the uh, the whole the whole Endwalker thing happened... Actually, even after the Endwalker thing happened... um, No, yeah, that, that's a good point. Why am I saying before Endwalker? It's still like this. It's like this, but just as bad. I have been running... MSQ roulettes, and oh my fucking god. Why? Why do MSQ roulettes exist? Like, sure, it's great that MSQ roulettes exist for the people going through MSQ. It was great when I was doing it. It meant I got into a queue very quickly, but holy shit. MSQ roulettes are the most... It's fine when you go through MSQ. It's boring as fuck afterwards. <laughs> so the reason why you run MSQ roulettes at least once a day, is you get a lot of tombstones. Tombstones are what you use to buy your, like, your raid gear and get, like, go through the, the gear tiers. <sighs> and the problem is that you, every time you do it, because it's MSQ Roulette and there are so many new players, every time, even if I had unlocked more, it's Praetorium and Castra Meridanum. Usually Praetorium, though, because for whatever reason, Praetorium is the one that pops up most of the time. I would be happy if it was, like, 50-50 Praetorium or Castrum Meridanum, but I have run Praetorium, like, eight times in a fucking row, and it's so bad. So the problem with Praetorium... 
is because it's such like an MSQ focused dungeon. <clears throat> there are so many cutscenes. That dungeon would take about 15 minutes to run without any cutscenes. With the cutscenes, uh, this is why people actually skip them. It takes like 40 minutes. In the uh, in in uh, in the MSQ roulette though, because there are these new jobs, there have been a lot of people. I guess because they, maybe they haven't done the other job that has the same gear. They've been running Reaper and Sage. Uh, I I went through one of my runs and there was so MSQ roulette is eight man. There was two paladins, uh, me and then the other paladin we had, which we ended up leaving behind because he got lost. Uh, then. For the healers, there was two sages. There are two healers. Um, then for the the DPS, there was there was three reapers and a machinist. So many people are playing reaper right now, but it shares the same gear as Dark Knight. I want to say that sounds right. So if you've got your Dark Knight gear already, then you wouldn't have to be running it. But it seems like a lot of people don't. So they are now getting, having to go through hell while learning a new job. <clears throat> but I have been watching a lot of, like, Pokemon clips. I've watched a lot of Pokemon Showdown, and I've been watching, like, Pokemon Nuzlocks as well. <laughs> like, I could just, like, start learning a hobby during the cutscenes in this, in this ridiculous dungeon. <laughs> It's so bad. Like, I could go and do anything else. Like, I can go and do dungeons, but the problem is that the rewards you get from MSQ Roulette, even though MSQ Roulette is so boring, are just so good. Like, you only have to run MSQ Roulette maybe, like... Things like... <clears throat> Uh, if you're always doing it with rewards, like, six times to get all your gear, if you're not doing it with rewards, uh, like, the bonus rewards, like, ten maybe 12 times to get all your gear if you did that with dungeons even though the dungeons individually would go quicker like overall i think it still takes more time i should just run some dungeons though and get some extra tombstone so i don't drive myself insane it's sort of the reason why i'm just like uh, the way I i'm dealing with my tombstone gear right now is I, my Ironworks, augmented Ironworks gear for the end of uh, Realm Reborn, I am doing that run once a day, maybe twice, and the rest of it, I'm leveling an alt job. Right now, I'm leveling Black Mage. Black Mage is great. It means I'm not running MSQ Roulette right now, and that's good. <laughs> oh, but I actually ran into a... I did a Duty Roulette. I still do my Duty Roulette just so I can get my... Um, my... What are they called? Uh, my... Males from seal... I get my, my, uh, my, my seals, yes. I need my seals. So the, 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 the what are they called? Um... Why am I, why am I blanking on this? Maybe it's because of my lack of sleep because of the dog barking last night. Um... What are they? The, the Grand Company. Grand Company seals, that one. Uh, so I can send my, uh, I can, I can get my ventures to use those and all of the other fun stuff you need for storm seals. Also leveling up my, uh, my little, my little group of underlings I have, my little group of AI underlings who do all of the, uh, who I can do like dungeon raids with. 
So you need Storm Seals to level up those as well. So it just makes sense to run that. And running through, like, most of the time you end up getting, like, Sestasha, Ifrit, or, uh, like, Copperbell Mines. And all of those are joke runs. But I, I, <laughs> I was leveling my Black Mage the other day. And it was still in the range, but it got XP from doing Judy Roulette, so I just ran Judy Roulette. And I ran into the most baby of baby sprouts I've ever seen. So, this guy... For, I don't know where he got the gear from. He had the gear you get from Sestasha. So, maybe... When you do Sestasha, Sestasha is part of... Um, part of MSQ, so you have to do, like, Sestasha, Copperbell, and... The other one that I'm blanking on uh, in order. Um, but he had the gear, the, like the plundered cuirass and all that fun stuff. So maybe he bought it off like the 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 market board. Or maybe someone traded it to him. But he hadn't run Sestasha yet. He was playing as a gladiator because obviously he wasn't level 30 yet. Um, and hadn't become a paladin. This <laughs> Okay, he was such a baby sprout that he didn't know that Iron Will was required to do tanking. So all of the tanks have a, uh, a tank stance, an ability they have that will make the enemies aggro to them when they attack them. Otherwise, they just have the same aggro values as like a DPS and a uh, healer. And when you don't have that uh, Iron Will on, the DPS is always going to pull aggro because the DPS always does more damage to you. You need that on. This guy, for like, I think half the dungeon, up until the first mini-boss, we kept being like, hey, hey guy, um, can you put Iron Will on? You need Iron Will on to tank. And, like, I think we said it to him like three or four times, and then eventually, he, like, I almost died. I was like running around in a circle using Seethe to like, uh, start, yes, is Seethe? Wait, what is... Scathe, not Seethe. <laughs> Seethe. I was using Scathe, so I could get uh, instant cast off and just running in a circle, trying to get damage off on this enemy while he was trying to... While, while our tank that wasn't running Iron Will was trying to pull aggro. And I think he was very confused why he wasn't pulling aggro, even though he was doing the attacks. But, like, it was... That was such a... Like, it wasn't rough, because it is still Sestasha. And even if the tank falls asleep... You can basically, if you have a good healer, you can, like, brute force Sestasha perfectly fine. I think only, like, a healer and a DPS is really required to actually get through Sestasha. But, <laughs> eventually, eventually he realized, and... I, I love Judy Roulettes. I really do. Because you find so many just... So many different kinds of people. MSQ Roulettes, everyone is just trying to, like... They're trying to speed run as quickly as possible because they they know how long it's going to take to get through Praetorium or Castro Maradonum, and they don't want to be there for a second longer than they need to be. But in, in like, Judy Roulettes, and I guess other Roulettes as well that aren't as, um, aren't as time-stringent... <clears throat> Well, Anna's time focused, you have 90 minutes to get through Castro Maradonum, but it never takes longer than, like, 20 of, like, the actual gameplay. And, obviously, timers don't run down during cutscenes. Um, but, Judy Roulette, you start seeing, like, different tanking styles. Like, I've seen someone try to tank, like, half of Sestasha. Like, they just keep running forward, doing AoEs on everything. And, because it's Sestasha, you can 
feasibly do it, to be completely frank. Like, there's no reason why you can't. As long as your healer is paying attention and actually, like, keeping up their rotation and you're keeping up your, um, your, what are they? Your damage reduction buffs. Like, you can do it. You shouldn't, because it's going to scare the hell out of your healer. Um, but it can be done. Or you'll see people that are doing, like, sensible double pulls. And I've said this before, but playing other jobs has made me realize like, better ways that I can play my job. By playing a DPS and seeing how other people approach tanking, it makes me realize, like, there are other ways I could be doing this, some of which may be better, some of which may be worse, but it definitely makes me think about the way I'm actually doing it. I still not consider playing with a controller like Ren does, but hey, uh, that's, that, that's his life. But um, speaking of controllers... I saw this post over on the Linux subreddit. It was Linux r slash, sorry, r slash gaming. Today I learned you can use a PS5 controller as a touchpad on Linux out of the box. And, like, this got 2,200 upvotes. Why? Why did it get 2,200 upvotes? I don't understand. Like, yes, you can. It can be done on the PS4 as well. And the, the comments on here are so funny, because there are people in here being like, wow, isn't this so crazy how far we've come, how, how, far the, how far community projects have come? This is crazy. The, uh, the DualShock 4 and 5 literally identifies a touchpad device. True. And do you know why it does that? Because Sony made the drivers. <laughs> the drivers... The PS4 and PS5 controller are made by... I'm almost 100% sure. Um, they're made by... They're made by... Uh, they're made by Sony. Um, yeah. Yeah, Sony publishes the, the Linux driver. Like, yes. It's crazy that it worked. It's almost like the guys who made the controller. <laughs> it's almost like the guys who made the controller are the ones who made the stupid driver. So, yeah. Crazy. Meanwhile, I can't get a driver for my note uh, notebook touchpad. That's really strange. It must be using some weird... Why? Wait, why can't you use, like, lib input? Lib input should be working for everything. Works the same with the Steam controller. Yes, that's because Valve also... <laughs> that's because Valve also made the driver... <laughs> Oh, I love it. R slash Linux Gaming is great. I uh, I highly recommend checking out R slash Linux Gaming <clears throat> because it's it's like it's like R slash Gaming and R slash Linux like smack together and have a baby. And you have these people who sort of like know a little bit about Linux, but also know a little bit about gaming, but they don't know a lot about either of them. It's just like. They know, they know things about things, and you have some, like, hilarious takes in here. Um, if you want to waste your time, this is certainly a, uh, an interesting way to do it. I wonder if there's a single person here that mention. Uh, wait. I think this is great. This is proof how far we've come to the community. Uh, PlayStation controllers are one thing I use as an example of what Linux is capable of under the same conditions as Windows. People usually point at stuff that works better on Windows, but that only works better because Windows has official drivers and more effort from companies when on equal standing. E.g. PS3 controller... Okay, right. Okay, so you do know about this. You are the one person in here who does know about the fact that Sony actually made the drivers. 
Uh, Sony's OS is based on BSD. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, that uses the HID Sony driver from now. Maybe merge. Okay. You actually know about drivers, so maybe you know who did it. Uh, do, do, do. <clears throat> Sony dev upstream support themselves. Yes. Uh, what does Sony get from upstreaming driver support? Sony's big enough where their divisions are practically separate companies. Very true. There's a couple of people who know that this is actually a Sony driver, but the vast majority of people are like, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe you can do this. Oh, wow. I actually hate having the touchpad support. I want to find out how to disable it. Uh, there's probably a way to do so. Um, maybe just delete the <laughs> delete the touchpad drivers from my system or something like that. Because the problem is... Uh, things like PCSX2. PCX, uh, PCSX2 is such a horrible emulator, but there's nothing else better than it. Um, and when I move my finger on the trackpad, sometimes it just crashes. It just crashes. Sometimes I move my mouse, I move, move my mouse, just crashes. Sometimes I change desktop, it just crashes. So every time I do anything on my system that isn't in PCSX2, I, I uh, do a um, save state because it's probably going to die. So I don't need this. I, I don't need this, but hey, that's cool. Um, and I still like this controller. Actually, an update on this controller, actually. I've been using it a bit more. I used it for quite a bit when I was playing SMT3. I played like four or so hours with it. And yeah, I'm, I, I, I agree with my original take. This thing is bloody amazing. It's probably a pain in the ass to do repairs on, but it's, it's bloody amazing. But speaking of PS5 controllers, I found this posted over on The Verge. This is about a new scuff controller, and I didn't even realize that scuff still existed. So if anyone who doesn't know, scuff has been around... I think they first appeared in the the 360 and PS3 generation. I don't believe they were around for the PS2. I could be wrong there, but I first heard about them at least in in that generation. And they've got a new controller for the uh the PS5. Now, the reason my scuff is great is because scuff isn't like, you know, remember the old Mad Cats controllers you would see or like any of those weird knockoff PS2 controllers where they would work on a PS2, but they weren't a PS2 controller. They were like this weird, weird creation that doesn't make any sense. And whenever you had a friend over, they would be the one who got your shitty controller. And the reason why your parents bought them is because 100% of the time, they would be cheaper than one of the first-party official controllers. Scuffling on the hand basically takes the original shell and then adds things to make it better. Um, besides obviously having more color schemes, I feel like the color schemes actually are way, way better on the scuff controllers. So there is a red version uh, that is available from, from Sony, but it's like a two-tone red. Uh, it's like, it's, it, it's like the, the, this version here. It's, instead of the, the white being white, it's red instead. Uh, PS5 red controller. Here we go. And maybe it's more like a maroon than a red. I guess it depends on how you would like to describe it, but it's this one here. Um... 
but with the scuff controller like that, I feel like the red version looks way better. I actually do like the two-tone on, on the white controller, but I can get why, you know, you'd prefer it to just be a pure one-tone controller, because that's, you know, that's the way people have had controllers for a very long time. It sort of makes sense where you want to keep it with the, uh, the sort of style that you've always had. And I guess it still technically is two-tone because you have, like, the sticks being one color and then the the body being a different one, but I guess each to their, uh, each to their own. But it seems like it's going to be coming with the typical scuff sort of stuff where it's going to have different thumbsticks. Uh, they don't actually have a product website yet, but they look like they're more much more indented than they are with with the ones on here. And I don't I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. Um I would have to try a scuff controller to say whether I really like it. I don't have an issue with the way the thumbsticks work on the PS5 controller anyway. They are they are good enough. They're certainly they're certainly not bad by any definition. It's going to have the whole, you know, the the whole pro trigger things on the back. They were the guys who actually created that first and then made a pattern for it, and that's why nobody else has been able to do the whole scuff trigger things. The, the 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 paddles on the back. Um, the reason why the Xbox Elite controller had the paddles is because they actually licensed those paddles from Scuff. Uh, I see what I'm finding. Xbox Xbox Elite controller. Here we go. Uh, I see if I can find the back of it. Images. I like how it's an Elite controller and still has a bad D-pad. <laughs> This. These are these paddles here. These are great for things like FPS games, for example. But it doesn't seem like it's doing anything like crazy in regards to scuff controllers. Like it's it seems like, yes, it it do be new scuff controller. It lets you oh, it lets you have different bindings for the paddles. That's cool. You can cycle through them. Uh you can replace the sticks. You oh you can have Oh, you can have domed or con. Oh, that's actually kind of nice. So if you want to go back to more of the like the the PS3 style, that is certainly an option. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but because we've had an entire generation of of concave thumbsticks. Also, I like how it says concave and domed. <laughs> concave and wait, which one's wait? So, hold up, am I dumb? Which one's concave? Convex. Yeah, okay, no. We've had an entire generation of concave thumbsticks and domed would be going back to convex. Why does it say domed? Wait, I hope that's something the scuff team said and not this writer for The Verge who doesn't know what the word convex means. <laughs> Either way, whoever, whoever said domed instead of convex, uh... <laughs> Should like pick up a dictionary. Pick up a uh, pick up a th pick up a thesaurus, uh, and find out what the uh what the word you could use for domed he actually would be. And we're gonna buy one of these. God no, because they are two hundred US dollary dues, um, and that's a lot of money, and that means it'd be like three hundred dollars in Australia and I don't want that. Uh I'm good. I've look, as much as it would be nice to have like trigger paddle thingies on the back, 
I've never like owned a controller like that. I've only used it like a couple of times. So it would take me a lot to actually get used to it. Um, and I probably wouldn't even make the most out of it. I guess I could get used to it. Like I've gotten used to my MMO mouse, for example, but in the case of an MMO mouse, I felt like there was like something really massive I could gain from using something like that. So I went out of my way to actually learn how to use it. And I feel like that's a little bit of a different case than my, my setup already works perfectly fine and just trying it out for the sake of it. I don't really play like competitive games. So being able to access my buttons in like a fraction of a second quicker doesn't really matter to me. As long as I can do stuff fine in a game like Dark Souls or Bloodborne, everything's pretty much good to go. It would it would be cool to try something else out, but also just don't really care enough to really worry about it. But um, I saw this post over... Actually, another one over on Gaming on Linux. So a couple of developers have been basically... A couple of the Battleye developers have been basically enabling Battleye support for games. So, right now, Mountain Blade 2, Bannerlord, Ark Survival Evolved, Armor 3, uh, DayZ, Avoid the Launcher. Um, <laughs> apparently, the launcher right now is very broken. Someone actually made a third-party launcher that does, you know, basically the same thing. Similar to, like, the, uh, the, the XIV launcher for FF14. If, for whatever reason, you don't want to use the, uh, the main launcher, um... Unturned, which I've never heard of. It sounds like a zombie game. It probably is a zombie game. And Planet Side 2. Um, but because these are all Battleye games, a lot of people I've noticed have been going and bothering some of the developers using like EAC as well. And don't like it's one thing to go and actually like, send an email, be like, hey guys, do you want to go and enable this support? Here's why you should do so, here's why the Steam Deck, blah, blah, all that fun stuff. But, there have been some people sending emails to some of these developers, and then being surprised when they get a negative response in return, when basically they're just trying to start a fight with the developer. I'll uh, see so if I can find, here it is, luckily I put it into my notes. Um, okay, what... Can I just say something? Why did why do websites do this? So, zooming in. Oh, there we go. Now, now, no, now it's definitely not working. So, like, I zoom into the image. Sometimes it zooms. Sometimes it doesn't. Why is there a separate zoom button? Uh, okay. Now, what is what is this stupid website? It was letting me zoom before. I don't know why it's not now. Maybe, maybe it's because it's not full screen. How about now? No, I still cannot zoom properly. I will just read what it says because this is the worst website I've ever seen. Um, so someone posts a link to EAC working now on Linux and Mac and obviously the Steam Deck by extension. Um, Sandstorm itself does not, uh, does not have to support Linux. You just have to enable a damn option. Is the company ideologically opposed to Linux or something? This is such a simple fix. It's not an inconvenience. It's negligence on your end. I play Squad, a game that is vaguely a competitor. <clears throat> a game that is vaguely a competitor. It does not officially support Linux, but EAC works for Linux. You have no excuse. Now, this is related to Insurgency Sandstorm. That is uh, what the game we're talking about here. <clears throat> what the game we're talking about here is. Um. Thanks for content. Wait, is I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. Wait, is this? 
Is the developer called Insurgency Sandstorm? I actually don't know. Is it the New World support? Wait, hold up a second. I actually didn't read this fully. Insurgency Sandstorm. Oh, sorry. No, that, that makes sense. No, I... <laughs> that, that confused me for a moment. Uh, so the game is Insurgency Sandstorm, but it confused me because the company is actually called New World uh, Interactive. Or New World... Is it New World Interactive? Yeah, New World Interactive. And they called themselves New World Support. So for whatever reason, I assumed it was the New World game, not New World as in this company. Uh, because New World the game is also an EAC game as well. Uh, I should have noticed by the company here, but whatever. Um, thanks for contact, uh, contacting us at New World Support. My name is Bravo. Your name is not Bravo. And I'll be helping you out today. I definitely understand how frustrating this can be for you, and as you noted, we know that EAC now supports Linux. However, Sandstorm itself does not support Linux, and as such, we are choosing not to enable this option for the time being. However, this may change in the future. I apologize for the inconvenience. Kind regards, Bravo, which is totally not a fake name. This is a totally reasonable uh, response. This isn't them saying, hey, we're not going to do it. This is them saying, we are aware of this, and... If situations change, we are going to. I don't like when companies give a response like this. It's sort of like a, hey, we're thinking about it, but like we're not going to give you any sort of, you know, any sort of hard deadline. Um, I would at least like them to say, you know, we are talking with our development team and whether we actually want to go ahead and do this. But this is the typical sort of response you'll get from a company. A company? Company. <clears throat> Why can I cannot speak right now? <clears throat> There's no different from every other uh, every other podcast. Uh, as a Linux user, I was excited to see the Easy Anti Cheat, the Anti Cheat your game uses now supports Linux. I was also made aware that from the developer's end, enabling Linux support for EAC is as simple as toggling an option in the Epic Dev Tools. So I was very disappointed to find that your game's EAC instantly kicks Linux users. Your game is one of the few games I heavily play online. My Switch Linux is basically completely stalled because I am unable to play your game online where basically all of its value is. As something that started as an open source mod, I hope the Insurgency uh, development team can sympathize with the request to make the simple steps to support open source Linux op operating systems in your online game. No one really cares if your Switch Linux installed. I don't know why you included that. I guess maybe it's like make the dev feel bad or something. But clearly, uh, that didn't have the, uh, the, the, what's the word? The response you expected. But, like, that first guy who responded, the first guy after, like, sending the link. Why do you think you're going to get any sort of positive response when that's the way you try to interact with the company? I'm surprised they didn't just straight up block your response and just not respond at all. Like, that's actually kind of insane. I was even find the... There was a Reddit post alongside this one as well. Um, San okay, here it is. <clears throat> and, you know, surprising no one ever, everyone's just like, S what are you doing? Like, you are literally the person I despise in the Linux community. You don't see me going around and being an ass to support reps because X game doesn't support Proton support or doesn't have Proton support. Looking at everyone in this thread, it's clear that you are so delusional that you can't see how much of a Karen you're beating. <laughs> The support rep can't tell you anything more than they are telling you because they don't know more than uh, what is told to them. So don't complain. I wouldn't say don't complain. I would say complain in a more 
in a more reasonable fashion. Like, it's fine to complain to the developers. It's one thing to, like, actually send a reasonable response. It's another to go and just, like, get really angry with them and be surprised when they don't give you the response you want. Upvoting this thread as an example of how not to represent the Linux community when interacting with and asking for support from developers slash publishers. It's funny when the OP started actually responding to this, though. Um, if this was so important to you, why didn't you express this while also asking if there is a roadmap on, on implementing this? And further keep the conversation on whether there is a possibility for you to give feedback and requests on implementations such as this one. You act like a spoiled brat both support here, uh, both support and here. And I would personally not implement anything based on your opinion even if I could. Simply uh, because you're an asshole. How about being a decent human being instead? Uh, instead, I promise you life will be more easy. People appear to be more cooperative and would actually want to throw an extra email on your behalf and or instruction on how you could potentially influence decisions. You just uh, wanted to take your anger and frustration that you bottled up inside and throw it in someone's face. And this is so fucking wrong with people today. Your parents failed raising you. Jesus Christ. I actually didn't read that entire post. I'm glad that you've taken this to armchair psychology. What a portrait of maturity. While you win the irony award on my internet on my internet today? What? You lose the internet for today, sir. Top keck. Am I right, fellow Redditors? Big chungus, you are cringe. Wait, I have to check this guy's Reddit account. I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's gonna be amusing. Is this one of those guys who posts a lot of things that ends up getting downvoted? I have a feeling it very well might be. Wait, he tried to post this two times. He posted this first 10 hours ago, and then again six hours ago. And both times got downvoted. <laughs> uh, also posted it over on the Insurgency uh, subreddit. This helps no one. You are rude and demanding of a support agent who cannot help you. You misrepresent the Linux community and we are happy for progress, not throwing a fit over minor inconveniences. Um... I am not going to read that one. Uh... <laughs> I am definitely not... <laughs> nope, I'm definitely not reading some of these. Um... Yes, he's a he is an angry redditor. That's what he is. <laughs> very much, uh, very much the stereotypical angry redditor. Uh, don't act like that. Just it. Just be a normal person. Contact people. Do it a lot, but don't be a like. Don't be a. Don't be an asshole about it. That's that's the simple the the simple truth of it. I guess you'd say. I don't know. Basically, be a normal person. Don't be this guy. Um, since we're on the topic of Reddit's posts, though, I actually saw this one. This is actually kind of cool. I didn't know this existed. I know there are, like, homebrews for running Linux on various consoles, but there was a like an actual Linux for PlayStation 2 released. I didn't know this existed. Like, for example, there is a... Uh, there's one of the guys in my Discord who is running Linux on his... I think it's Nintendo Wii? Yeah. And I know there's, like, a PlayStation 3 project as well. Uh, and there's, there's pretty much projects for every single console out there. Uh, PlayStation 2 Linux. 
Here we go. Linux for PlayStation 2. Uh, this was... What a beautiful picture this is. Linux kit running successfully with Window Maker. What is... Is Window Maker a... Oh, Window Maker... Oh, I have to see this. Window Maker. That is clearly some sort of very early desktop environment. This is such a beautiful setup, though. <laughs> I don't know why you would actually, like, actually go and do this. But, hey, if you already had a PS2, I'm sure... I'm sure that would... Oh, a window, make, a window maker is the... um, Right, that is the D it was running. That is very, very... uh, Very 90s, very early... I wouldn't even call it early 2000s. That's definitely a very 90s... Very 90s look. When did it come out? 97, that explains it. Wait, I'm sorry. Initial release, 1997. Stable release, 2020? No way. No way it's still got an update in 2020. Wait, can I run this on a modern... Uh, no. I, I. There's no way I can run this on a modern version of Linux. I, I have to find out. Uh, AUR Window Maker. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's why it looks like that. It's supposed to look like Next Step. The, uh, the thing that... The thing that Steve Jobs went to go and make after he made after he left Apple, um, that looks so bad. Uh, what the fuck happened to Window Maker? Why is it not in the main repos anymore? Uh, four years ago this was posted. Uh, I can't install my workstation without it and refuse to build it from the AUR. Why would you refuse to build it from the AUR? Oh god, this is four year old. Okay, this is Arch Linux from four years ago. It's very uh very different time we see. I can't install my workstation without and refuse to build it from the AUR. Sayonara, have a good time in Debian. I don't know how to build from source. Read the wiki, you're on Arch. All my configs from the last 13 years aren't working with the AUR version. You chose Arch, now you will deal with the consequences. <laughs> oh my lord. That's beautiful. I love it. So, hey, if you want to go run this, it got a version release in 2020. Um, I, I'm sure there's someone in my... There's got to be someone in my Discord who would actually, like, unironically run this. These are horrible, horrible pictures. Is there a, one for screenshots? Here we go, screenshots. Let's see if we can find other looks at it. <laughs> oh, my lord. This is, this is, look, it's, it's a desktop environment. I'll call it that. I, it's not a very pretty desktop environment, but it's a desktop environment nonetheless. You can make it look, actually, this one doesn't look too bad. I actually kind of like this. Uh, This is probably the... The most tolerable version. Oh god, he's one of those people who runs. I noticed these filters in uh in PCSX the other day. Uh PCSX2. There are filters to add like scan lines and CRT sort of like looks to it. Why would you do that? What like I know you're trying to go for like that classic look, but why? Why are you doing this? Just just don't.
Maybe I'll look at this on stream, actually. It actually could be fun. Ah, here we go. I knew it had to exist at some point. Here is the weeb running, uh... Here is the, the weeb running it. This probably came from r slash Unix porn, to be honest. I feel like I may have seen this before. Wait, is that NCMPCPP? I think it is. Yeah, that no, that is. Uh, yeah, I, I've definitely seen that before. You've just got an ugly as hell theme for it. <laughs> oh, my lord. This is actually, like... You know, the more I look at this, the more I don't hate it. Like, that's the weird thing. Like, it's it's growing on me in some, some, some weird fashion. I don't think I would ever run this on my main system, but it certainly might be something I... Certainly might be something I actually try out on... On, um... On stream. Actually, DeviantArt. I'm gonna swap over just because I clicked on DeviantArt. Uh... Wait, hold up. Are these... Okay, no. Sorry, just... Wait, you take... <laughs> uh, you click on DeviantArt themes. I would have assumed it would take you to Window Maker. No, it doesn't. Um, It actually just takes you to, like, the customization section on DeviantArt. Because I guess that section just doesn't exist anymore... Uh, doesn't exist anymore on, on this site. So, now that link does not work. I wonder, wait, one of these has got to take me to a page that has themes on it. I want to see some beautiful themes for Windowmaker. Give me something, anything. Oh, here we go. Boxlook.org. Okay. PineWMV2. Tags, earthy, gnu step, green, pine. That is certainly a theme. It's not a pretty one. Let's see if we can find one that actually looks good. Um, probably, I'm probably not going to find anything that looks that actually looks slightly decent. What am I talking about? This is a uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, a a window manager designed around a 30 year old operating system. Of course, I'm not going to find anything that actually looks good. Maybe on another side. Come on, one of these got to have a good one. Uh, Jess Anderson's themes for Windowmaker. Uh, galaxies and Nebulae. Come on. This is from 2003. I think all the... Oh, it's going to the web archive. Oh, that's why the images aren't loading. They must not be... Ar Come on, tell me it's archived. Please, got to be archived. Come on. It's not archived, is it? It's definitely not archived. Shit. <laughs> kind of makes sense that some of this is going to the, uh, going to archive.org, to be honest, considering, considering what it is. Newer material. Abstract material. Let's, propaganda themes. What is propaganda? Is it going to be, like, communism themes in here? I'm not sure what these have to do with propaganda. Let's go newer material. What's in here? Uh, Serbian Frost. No, I want to see a screenshot. Doesn't look too bad, to be honest. That actually does... None of these look that bad. They don't look good. But I didn't think that was what I was going to get. 
<laughs> I just expected. Oh god, no, that that hurts. Look, I don't want to see it anymore. Um, go watch the the video section of this bit. You you got to see some of these. Actually, you know, then okay, they're not bad looking themes. Like they're not you know bad. They're not hard to look at. They're just not things that I could ever see myself like unironically running. It's more like. Hey, if I saw someone running this, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's using Window Maker, isn't it? That's 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 neat and fancy, isn't it? I feel like a lot of applications wouldn't integrate properly into this, though. Like, I can't imagine many terminals, for example, would really fit in this this sort of fit in this sort of um this layout. Like, sure, you could run Alacrity, for example, but it might sort of stand out a bit too much. <laughs> I think I think this is oh this is E term, which I presume is related in some way to X term. Maybe it's like a better version of X term or something along those lines. I don't have a um a, a stream topic planned out. I might just do this. If I can get the the version from the AUR actually um <clears throat> actually working. Um I'll I'll definitely have to give it a little give it a little sus. Uh, I mean, sus as in, like, the, not the Among Us term. <laughs> not the Among Us term. Any idea if this will work on emulators like PCSX2? I wonder. I do wonder. I might have to check that out, actually. Wait, is that, is that a stream? If, if that works in PCX, a uh, PCSX2... That might be a stream idea itself. <laughs> running Linux in a piece, yeah, running Linux in a PS2 emulator. Theoretically, it should work if I can find a um. If if I can find a ROM for it, I'm gonna see if I can find one right now. I'm not gonna download it right now. Linux for PlayStation Two. Um, ROM. There are ROMs that exist. Um. Wait, this PCSX2 emulator. Okay, there's someone just setting up uh, PCSX2. Uh, that's downloading PCSX2. I need the ISO of Linux for PS2. Running PS2 Linux on an emulator is unlikely to work. The emulators aren't complete, nor are they cycle perfect. But if it can work, all I can figure, uh, all I can find in my archive is a file called Linux for P uh, PS2 one zero DVD one, and I can't figure out why there's no DVD two. Oh, okay, so right. So the first one is going to install the runtime environment. The second one is going to do something else. Hmm. Maybe it won't work in PCSX2. But if I could run it in a VM. <laughs> if I could run it in a VM, that might be kind of funny. Uh, Linux for PlayStation 2 ISO. It is on Archive OS. 
Hmm. It is on Archive OS. I wonder if this is actually... If this is actually going to work. It has no comments. That's always a good sign. Uh, it might... It might be a really weird one to emulate, though, because it sort of expects there to be PS2 memory. So I don't know whether I would actually be able to do that in some some actually decent way. Maybe I could go... Maybe I could go to... Ooh. Actually, maybe I could go to Cashies, buy myself a cheap PS2, and then do it like that. Hmm... <laughs> Why am I actually, like, unironically considering doing this? Buy a PS2, buy a Wii, buy all of these consoles just for the sake of installing Linux on them just to see what you can actually do. I know you can, like, buy a PS2 at Cashy, so pretty cheap at this point. Presuming I can find one that's actually working. I know a lot of them are probably... Probably not going to be because they just don't label shit properly and they just don't care because it's also a cashies. Anyway, now we're in the final section of the podcast. I've talked about wanting to buy a uh, a new GPU for quite a while. And hey, I don't want an NVIDIA card because, you know, NVIDIA drivers on Linux are a bit weird. But hey, NVIDIA is releasing a new card or at least sort of a new card. Maybe. Not really a card. Um... What they're doing is they're re-releasing the 2060. <laughs> they're re-releasing the 2060, but it has more, uh, more GPU on it. More GPU, more GPU on it. <laughs> more, more RAM on it. I read G and like GPU. No, that, that says, that says GB. That is gigabytes. Uh, there are hardly any launch day reviews. Either because NVIDIA, uh, neither NVIDIA nor its partners have sent out any press samples. Um, that seems to be the case because... Um, I watched the LTT video, and LTT usually gets cards, and they didn't get a card. Also, it does not have an MSRP, <clears throat> and apparently some of the board partners, they don't know the MSRP either. So, <laughs> what the what the price of this card's gonna be? God knows. Um, but even if they did give an MSRP, it wouldn't be like that would actually mean anything anyway. Like, what is the current price of the 2060? Uh, GPUs, 2060. That, oh, it, oh, it's in stock. Okay, <clears throat> that is actually rare to see. So, in Australia, for the 6-gig card, that is $750. So, probably between that and the price of, like, the next tier. <clears throat> uh... 2060 supers are not here. It's probably going to be somewhere between the price of a 2060 and a 3060, to be completely honest. Probably closer to the 2060 because, you know, it is just a uh, a 2060 with more GPU. It's not like it's a you know, more powerful version of it. It's just the same card, but slightly bigger. Whoa. Okay, what the hell's going on here? Uh, AMD has cards in stock. Wait. Graphics cards. Does everybody have cards in stock on PC case gear? Hold up. Hold up a second. Sort by price to low. What the fuck? Uh, 
prices are still ridiculous. Did PC case gear just get a shipment today? They must have. I don't see any other way they could actually have cards in stock. Huh. I don't... I've really considered buying one, but, like, do I want to pay... What? What is it? 800 and... I'd probably get a 6600 XT. Do I want to pay $850 for it? Not really. Not really, no. Like, it's it's good they're in stock, but, like, I don't want to pay that. Um, mm. I'm probably not going to buy the 2060 12 gig either. I just want something better. Maybe, maybe when the next generation of cards comes out, I'll buy one then. Because I don't, like, I'm not expecting prices to really come down. But if the difference between my card and that card is so big, I can, I can justify the price at that point. This is actually really tempting to be, <laughs> like, it's really, really tempting. Like, ah, uh, uh, can I, how much, ah, uh, how much is my card still selling for? RX, is it five, is my five, I think it's the 570 I have. The RX, what the fuck? The RX 570 has gone back down to $300? Uh, okay. Has the Australian market, like, flattened out or something? I don't know when this happened. I genuinely do not know. Um, because last time I looked at it, like, prices were in the range of, what, five or $600. But... They've definitely come down. I wonder if there are any, um, I wonder if there are any 6600s for sale. Okay, no, the, the 6600s and XTs are just sitting at retail price. Okay. That makes sense. Because these are probably retail cards. I imagine most of these are still in box. Like, they just bought $1,150. A lot of these are probably just bought and then slapped straight up on eBay. But I don't know why you would sell it for basically retail price then. I don't know why you wouldn't try to scalp it. I don't know. Uh, maybe they got a deal on it or something. Maybe they bought... Actually, maybe if you bought, like, this one, the $700 card, and then you sell it for 800 like, you are still making a profit there, if not a massive profit. <sighs> It's very tempting. It's very tempting now they're in stock. I don't know if it's in stock, like, in other stores, um, or if it's just PC case gear, or if it's maybe it's just the Australian market and the US market is still fucked. Maybe in Australia, no one's buying GPUs right now because they're buying Christmas presents. <laughs> actually, that, that actually might have something to do with it. Maybe there is a lot of people who otherwise would be buying GPUs not. They're buying things like... Uh, I was going to say PS5... But the PS5 is basically, it basically has the same problem that consoles have right, uh, that GPUs have right now, where they just don't exist. <laughs> they are they are not real. But let's see, where where to buy a PS5 in Australia? Nowhere because they're not real. I I don't believe this this console is real until I actually have one in my hands. Oh, that reminds me. I was at Cashies the other day. I was going selling my old monitor because I don't need it because I've got my new one now. Anyway, you don't care why I'm at Cashies. So I was at Cashies 
And I was looking through the shit they have there, because it's always fun to check out what they got. Because half the shit there is probably stolen. <clears throat> I go to one of the cabinets, the, the PlayStation cabinet, and I almost walk by, and then I stop for a second, and I see this big white box. It's got an 8K sticker on it. It's got a 4K sticker on it. It says PlayStation 5. And I'm like, why is this here? How did a PlayStation 5 get into this store? I should have gone and asked one of the employees there, like, how much is this? Like, I want to know, how much are you selling this PS5 for? I don't want to buy it. I just want to know how much you are flipping stolen goods for, uh, goods for because it was new in box. I don't think the box had been opened. Who buys a PS5 and then sells a new one at a cashies? No one who's, like, struggling with bills is buying a PS5 because no one's buying a PS5. Like, you have to go out of your way to, like, find somewhere it's in stock. I don't know how this wound up here if it is not stolen. I genuinely have no idea. The other possibility is that it was not actually a PS5. It was a PS5 box because the box did not have a price on it. And that's probably because if, if it is an actual PS5, they wanted to haggle for it. But why was there no price? Why was it just a box? Is that to make it look like you have a random high-ticket item that you don't really have? But you have actual high-ticket items. If you go one cabinet over, it was, like, full of iPhones. Like, new iPhones. Like, iPhone, whatever the newest one is. Um, or there was, like, modern MacBooks. So it's not like you need a PS5 to be a high-ticket item, there are other items there already. I'm surprised next to it, I didn't see an Xbox One Series X, considering how ridiculous that situation already was. I really should have asked about it, because, like, that that's ridiculous. If it was not stolen, I want to know how it wound up at that store. Under what situation did someone buy a PS5, and then sell it to a cash converters without using it. How does that happen? Like, it'd be one thing if you win a PS5 in some sort of competition, and then you don't want it, so you get rid of it. But why would you sell it to a cashies? Like, cashies, they'll at most give you, like, half the value of the product, at absolute most, usually one-third. You're much better off selling it somewhere like Gumtree. You'll get it for, like, or eBay. You'll be able to sell a PS5 for, like, $2,000 absolute minimum. Maybe there's something I was missing, though. Maybe, I don't know, a truck of PS5s uh, crashed, and this one's got some defect with it and can't be sold at an actual game store. Possibly. I don't know. But whatever reason it was there, I didn't know what that reason was. That was that was for goddamn sure. So, mm. oh god, ah, there we go. I'm I'm sleepy. Um, speaking of, that's not a segue. Uh, <laughs> finally, the the Demon Slayer recap is finally over. We are finally done with the F Infinity Train arc, which I didn't watch. Because I already watched the movie. I wasn't going to re-watch the Infinity Train arc. Because I just didn't care. Like, it's a great arc. It absolutely is. But, 
I want to rewatch the same scenes. But we are finally in the entertainment district arc, which basically means we are going to be fighting prostitute demons. That's what it means. Uh, which, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with. I'm perfectly fine with. So, we finally learn... I, this is going to be... I'm going to say some spoilers. Um, nothing... Actually, some major things. If you haven't seen the latest episode, uh, it's a week out, a week old now. It's the first episode of the Entertainment District Arc. If you haven't seen that yet, then don't watch this action. So we finally find out like what the the breathing technique that Tanjiro uses that isn't the water breathing, the the uh, the Hinokami Kagura. Uh, it's actually something known as sun breathing, and sun breathing is apparently the the original breathing technique and all of the other breathing techniques are based on sun breathing. We don't really find out, like, anything about his father, why he knows sun breathing, but it's pretty obvious to assume at this point that Tanjiro comes from a, like, a line of demon slayers, even though, like, maybe his father... Uh, my assumption is maybe his father stepped away or whatever, and didn't want his family to be involved in that anymore, and wanted to just live a quiet life in the mountains. That, that I think, is a very, very high possibility, and would make sense to me, at least. I don't know when we're actually going to find out more about the whole sun-breathing thing. Uh, the, the way he found out is by going and seeing uh, Dengoku's family. Uh, they'd already known that he was killed during the Infinity Train arc, but uh, Tanjiro had some messages to pass on. Uh, basically, the message was uh, to uh, Dengoku's father was, be happy, have a good life, pretty much. <laughs> and his father like, no, I hate my son. He's bad. I don't like him. He's a weakling. He shouldn't have... He was sort of like... Sn he was he was snorting that copium. He was, it, basically, the entire episode, he was complaining that his, his son was weak and should have never become a demon slayer and that he never had any talent as a swordsman. Basically, he was trying to cover up for the fact that, you know, he was very distraught that his son had just died. Um, so, that happened. Um, we know that uh, Senjiro... Um, uh, I guess Dengoku Kyojiro is his younger brother, uh, is going to be putting together the diary that is explaining what sun breathing is because his father, for whatever reason, hates sun breathing um, and is scared of the sun breathers. So he doesn't like Tanjiro either. Uh, he he realised he, he had the sun breathing because he had the same earrings as his father. So clearly... Like, clearly, Dengoku's father knows about the line of sun breathers um, and knows more than he's actually letting on. But uh, Senjuro is going to be putting together the diary that was destroyed by his father and trying to find out what the deal is with the sun breathing. And hopefully we find out in this season, but I, I actually have no idea. Um, this arc is looking like it's going to be fun. Uh, it's, it seems like we're going to be doing a lot more stuff with Hinokami Kagura, which makes sense because we're sort of like talking about it. It at literally the start of the arc and the opening has, uh, Tanjiro using it instead of using his water breathing like he normally would be using. Clearly he's trying to make use of the sun breathing and well, because it's like his more powerful technique. <clears throat> There was also a four-month training arc, so 
uh, our main three duo, or main, main three duo, our main three party is going to be considerably stronger, and obviously that means we get to fight stronger demons, and that's cool, because stronger demons means more interesting fights, especially after the fight we had during the, the Infinity Train arc. Like, the, the final fight against the, <clears throat> um, the member of the, uh, what are, what are Muzan's demons called? Um, uh, he was the upper, he was in the upper three. Uh, Demon Slayer Muzan. Uh, 12 Kizuki. Yeah, he was the, uh, the upper third. Um, that fight with Dengoku was really, really good. But the fight with the demon before that, the one who was in, like, the, the lower of the 12 Kizuki, that was a... Like, when I watched it in the movie, it sort of felt like... Like, the fight itself looked cool, because everything in Demon Slayer looks cool. It felt like they didn't really build upon his character enough. And it's just like, well, he's here. Oh, he's dead. Oh, okay. Like, oh, you were going to build upon that anymore? No, nope. no, nope. He's just dead now. Okay. I also hope there's more... I do hope there's some more stuff happening with uh, Nezuko as well. Because obviously we had... Um, we had a little bit of focus on Nezuko during the the movie. The uh, the Infinity Train movie. And we did obviously see some Nezuko using her blood art during some of the later fights in Season 1. So maybe we'll start seeing, I don't know, some fun stuff. I do know... The I, I do know a little bit about what hap what happens later. Nothing, nothing I want to say because there's some pretty big spoilers in there. Um, like spoilers as in like ridiculous OP powers that Nezuko gets at some point. Um, but I actually I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any of that. I don't want to say any of that just because it is pretty big spoilery. Um. I also want to talk about Mushoku Tensei because Mushoku Tensei is another amazing series. So we finally got to meet the Dragon God Orsted. Holy shit, that fight with Orsted was absolutely insane. Anyone who hasn't seen uh, episode 21 of Mushoku Tensei, go, go watch 21. It's... <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even want to show you parts of it. Because I feel like you just need to watch it for yourself. So the, the episode starts off, you know, they're just going through the mountains. They're trying to, like, get to wherever they're trying to get to, the next city they're going to. And they run across this dude. He's, like, full-on gray hair. He's got these, like, dragon scale marks on his face. And, um, Nuija... Fucking green dude. Why I don't know why I can't say his name. And, um, Edis, they are both absolutely terrified of him because it it's found out later in the episode he's got this curse that makes every person terrified of him doesn't want anything to do with him uh for whatever reason though because op protagonist logic um our mc uh Dudius doesn't get affected at all and just starts talking to him like he's just some regular dude he's like oh hey how's it going who are you why do you know about Edis? Why do you know about Nuijin? Like, wh who are you? Do, do you know them? It's like, no. I'll, I'll, I'll meet them one day. <laughs> he talks a lot about stuff that will happen in the future. So clearly he has some 
some sort of time-related ability, um, or is like some some ability to move through time, or something like that. We do know that um, uh, Duty's uh, like demon eye doesn't work on him, so he tried to look at him with it, and is like all this corrupted vision like hurts to look at. Um, so clearly there's something going on there with one of his curses. Because uh, this guy has four curses on him, apparently. What, Whatever that's supposed to mean. We find out from the human god that he's just got a bunch of curses on him. That's why the human god wasn't able to uh, warn warn our MC that he was coming. Um, but the fight, holy shit. Orsted knocks out the entire party basically in an instant. Like, the fight between Nuijad and, and Orsted, it's not even a fight. Like... Nuijad is trying to, like, attack him with the spear and doesn't land a single hit and gets... The second that... The second that Orsted decides to retaliate, he's, like, on the fucking ground, spins, like, 20 times and, like, just collapses. Um... (laughs) Eris also tries to, to fight and also gets completely destroyed, smacked into the wall straight away. Um... And Rudy is absolutely fucking terrified at this point. Not because of the curse, just because he just saw his entire party got eliminated in an instant. Um, the reason the fight started, though, is because Orsted heard that... Uh, he didn't know who Duty was, but he heard the... Uh, he heard him respond to the name uh, Hitogami, the, uh, the human god. And he's like, oh shit, he's, a, he's an apostle of the human god. This guy must be killed because I'm guessing there's some sort of... There's something going on between the dragon god and the human god. Uh, we have no idea at this point what the deal is there, but some clearly something is going on. Um, <laughs> this fight is so... It's such a good fight. Uh, also, Nudie sort of shows off how ridiculous his magic can get when he's not worried about, like, actually injuring people or worried about, um... Yeah, worried about injuring people or things like that. So the last time we saw him use magic where he was actually going to... trying to kill something was when they were still on the demon continent and they were basically just adventurers. But he couldn't go absolutely insane, because obviously he had his party around him, and he didn't want to hit them and instantly kill them. Because that's what his magic would do. (laughs) Like, if he used anything besides water magic, everything would die instantly. So he created this, like, drill of rock, spun it at, I'm guessing, like, Mach 10 or something. It turned white hot, and he just... Out, like shot it straight at Orsted and Orsted's like what are you doing he's like knocks it away um <clears throat> and he's like at this point Nudie already has like a hole in his stomach and is like bleeding out but he's like no I'm gonna kill this guy before uh before I die obviously loses but <clears throat> um <laughs> before before he ultimately uh, ultimately loses we see him use something that isn't water or earth magic for once because that's what he mainly focuses on he showed off a bit of uh, a bit of fire magic so he created a normal fireball and like 
sort of compressed the mana as much as possible, turned it into this, like, purple flame, and shot it straight at Orsted. Orsted almost wasn't able to completely block the attack. It was cracking the shield thing he was using. I don't know what it would actually was. It was sort of, like, absorbing the mana or something. I don't know. Whatever bullshit anime logic wants to come up with. But clearly Orsted actually had to try to block this. And... That's pretty much where the fight ended, because then Orsted's like, yo, you don't need a chest anymore, and just punches a hole through his chest. Like, okay then. And obviously then he goes and, like, chills with the uh, the human god for a bit, like, yo, uh, like, I'm dead now, so, like, I don't actually care about you anymore. He didn't care about the human god anyway. Like, Rudy didn't care about the human god anyway, but now he's like, yeah, I'm dead, so, like, well, that's life. It's fine. Because last time he died, like, he felt like he was... It was something where it was an unfair death. Now he's like, yeah, I'm an adventurer. It's like, it sort of makes sense why I died this time. I sort of angered someone called the Dragon God. Maybe I shouldn't do <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't piss off the Dragon God. Um, but... For some reason... For some reason... After he passes out, um, Orsted decides, wait, maybe I shouldn't have killed this guy. Maybe keeping him alive actually makes sense. So he decides to cast some healing magic on Rudy and then just leaves. And I guess from this point on, we're just going to go on with our journey. And clearly Orsted's going to be important, uh, important for this arc. Uh, I know he's on the cover for this arc, um, so clearly he's going to show up. He's going to show up again at some point. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's clearly going to do something. Wait, is this... Okay, this is Orsted staring down a dragon. Uh, let's see if we can... F I want to see if we can find a gift from this. Rudy versus Orsted gif. <clears throat> Yeah, this is this is not the what I want to see. No, this is this is from season one. This is not at all what I searched for. What are you doing? Maybe no one's actually made a gift for it. I don't know. Um, I I am very excited to see more of Orsted. Orsted's a cool character. I'm also excited to just see where this arc goes for the rest of it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that we're not going to be getting back to, uh, getting back to Sylphie. Uh, I know, I know Sylphie shows up in the next volume of the light novel and I can't see any way we get to that. Uh, it seems like we, we'd be adapting way too much if that happens. I think what we're going to get to is the end of the whole, the end of the whole mana disaster saga sort of thing. And then from the next season, it, presumably we'll get an, another season. From the next season, it'll go from uh, Rudy going to uh, going starting at magic school, and I know he does meet Sylphie again there. I don't want to spoil anything that happens with um when he ends up meeting with Sylphie. I, I haven't actually read it, but I do own the light novel, so Sylphie is literally on the cover. Um, she does look a little bit different, but literally on the cover. Um. <clears throat> and if you then go a bit further ahead and see further volumes of the light novel, you can also see it becomes very obvious who that person on the uh, the cover actually uh, actually was. 
I think Mushoku Tenso is uh, Mushok Mushoku Tenso. Mushoku Tensei and uh Demon Slayer are both amazing series. And if you're not watching them, please go and do so because they are probably two of the best things airing this year. There has been a lot of really, really good series airing this year, but they are definitely uh they're definitely high up on that list. Actually, on that note, um, on that note, I finished Stone Ocean as well. Oh, okay. I finished what what Netflix has released of Stone Ocean. I read Stone Ocean a while back. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Stone Ocean. I think it's probably... I wouldn't call it the worst JoJo arc, because part one is the worst. By worst, I mean it's worst in terms of JoJo. So it's like a nine and a half where everything else is a ten. Like, it's not bad. It's just worse than all of the tens. Um, and Netflix decided to end Stone Ocean in the dumbest point possible. So I don't want to spoil anything major, but uh, in case you just haven't watched it, Basically, we've introduced the main antagonist now. We know who the main antagonist is. We know... Um, <clears throat> so we'd seen his stand run around doing shit for the entire time. But unlike some of the earlier antagonists, by earlier antagonists, I mean everyone basically being Dio except for part four. And then part five, he's basically he's basically Dio, but just like slightly different Dio. Um, in part six... He has a a very obvious long distance stand and only has one stand. I believe he only has one stand the entire time. Maybe he has an upgraded version of the stand, but um, at least at this stage, he just has his his regular stand. It's a long distance stand, not like super long distance, but long enough distance where he can like hide behind places and still you know do stuff with his stand. So we finally found out who the stand owner is. We haven't actually met all the main cast yet. We're 13 episodes in, or 12 episodes in, whatever, how, however long it is, and we still have one character still to meet, and the, <clears throat> and the season's over. I have no idea when it's, uh, when it's going to continue. I don't know if they're going to make us wait like a year like they did with Bucky. That would be kind of ridiculous, but... Hey, maybe it happens. Maybe. It'd be dumb. I really don't like the way that Netflix releases anime. Sometimes they do weekly. Sometimes they just do batch releases. I don't like the batch releases. Batch releases are a mess. And weekly releases are great if you're going to actually release all of it. Like, if your plan is to do, like, if your plan is to do a two-core, do a two-core like everybody else does and do a three-month gap. Not, like, a one-year gap like you definitely see a lot of the time. Um... But I don't really have anything to say about Stone Ocean. The adaptation was great. It's a JoJo adaptation. I don't have anything to say about it in that regard. It did everything that JoJo was supposed to do. The opening theme is good. I didn't like it when I first heard it, but it grew on me. And Jolene being um, Jotaro's daughter also, you know, does the whole, like, the... the actually, one cute thing in the opening... She has the, like, the, the Jotaro... Uh, stand like the 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 stance that Jodoro had when he had his opening in uh part three, also like when she fights things she has the I can't do I I cannot do uh the the fast um but yeah she does the she does the same thing as uh as her father does which is a nice throwback to uh to part three because even though Jodoro showed up in part four 
he uh, didn't really get much of a much of a spotlight because it was like very very nerfed. And then part six, he showed up for a bit, and then he got super nerfed, and now doesn't matter at all. <laughs> He's just like off to the side now. Now he is the damsel in distress. But I won't I won't say why. You'll find out if you actually go and watch it. Speaking of watching stuff though, I just brought up the uh, the list of winter 2022 anime and i haven't actually had a look through this list to see what's actually coming uh we have the final season and final part of attack on titan which is nice to see second season of arifureta which i am actually kind of hyped for because the light novel is amazing and even though the adaptation for season one wasn't super great it was definitely good uh shumatsu no harem uh, that's finally happening. Um, basically think, uh, think somehow, ha how did this get adapted as an anime? It's basically, it, 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 think, take, take, uh, take how ridiculous, like, the sexual scenes were in Redo of Healer, and then go. Just make an entire series that's just that. Uh, second season of Vanitas Nakate. Uh, I watched the first season. It was pretty good. Like, it wasn't super great, but Bones always makes good stuff. Uh, Sono Biske Doru wa Koi wo Suru. I don't know what this is, but it's a comedy etchi, so I'll probably watch it. Uh, second season of Genjutsu Shugi. Uh, that's the realist hero. First season was great. Probably going to watch that as well. Third, third season of Takagi? I haven't seen season two. Have I seen season two? I don't know if I've seen season two. If I haven't, I'll go watch season two and then I'll watch that. I didn't actually watch the first season of Princess Connect. I should have. But I think when it came out, I wasn't watching much at the time anyway. Uh, is it another season of Mahoka or is this a spin-off? Oh, no, this is a prequel. Is it a prequel of Mahoka? Huh. Okay, sure. I actually didn't go watch the spin-off about the... About, I guess her name is Miyuki, the, the little sister. But maybe I should go back and watch that. Um, Didn't a season two of that come out at some point? Like, a season two of the main series come out at some point? I didn't watch it. Like, I I should go and watch it, but I just never got around to it. Um, Isekai, probably. I'll be surprised if this is not, this is not an Isekai. Maybe it's not. No, I don't think... Oh! No, it's not an isekai. Wow, that's rare. Uh, this is... Oh, it's a VR MMO anime. Of course it is. Okay, you're an isekai. You're an isekai. Uh... Not an isekai? Wow, I'm guessing the isekai wrong. Maybe it's just that every fantasy series is basically the same as an isekai at this point. <laughs> like, anything that is just, like, standard like, tuny fantasy is... I'm just going to treat as an isekai at this point because, to be honest, they're all the exact same as an isekai. It's just they don't get isekai'd. <laughs> um... Wait, is this just... Is this just Komi-san again? Komichi Akebi lives out in the countryside with her family. She's won entrance to the prestigious Dorbai Aked uh, Academ Academy... Academine. Uh, Academy, middle school for girls, and now she only wants two things. To wear the school's sailor uniform and make a hundred friends. 
That's literally, like, make 100 friends is literally the goal of Komi-san. Um, slow loop, connect, uh, probably watch it. Tokyo, uh, 24-ku, what is this? Mermaid Island sits on something, or I'll read later. <laughs> I, but there is a futsal series, I did see this one. This is a futsal series, not 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 soccer, but futsal. I can't think of any time I've seen a uh, a futsal anime before. Uh, there is a badminton series. Ooh, okay, it's nice to see two sports series in uh, in one season. Usually, the sports series happen a bit later. Obviously, you know, in the spring summertime because that's when people are getting like that's when you want to get people out doing sports and all that fun stuff. But um. Anyway, before I just forget I'm doing a podcast and just read the anime coming out, I should probably end the show. <clears throat> That's going to be pretty much it for me. Um, if you want to go watch my main channel, that is Brody Robertson, where I do Linux videos and get uh, get a lot of people disliking a video about return YouTube dislikes because they don't like when I criticize the thing they like. Uh, Brody Robertson, YouTube, Odyssey, all of that fun stuff. This channel is available as a, or this this channel, this podcast is available as an audio release, basically anywhere. Uh, the video release, if you're not watching that, if you're just listening to it, is available on YouTube and Odyssey. And then the gaming channel is where I do gaming stuff. That's what the name would suggest. Uh, that is Brody Robertson Plays, available on YouTube and Twitch. That's where I stream twice a week and upload five or six YouTube shorts over to YouTube. Sometimes I also upload them to, uh, to TikTok if I just don't forget to do so. But sometimes I just forget to do so. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be pretty much it for me. Uh, hopefully I still have a voice by tomorrow because it feels like it's cutting out a bit. But yeah, that's a problem I have to deal with myself. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm out.